Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast by Worthy. I'm Jennifer Butler, and I'm your host. According to a survey done by the American Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers, 62% of the lawyers they polled had seen an increase in the total number of clients seeking a prenuptial agreement during the past three years. The old understanding of what a prenuptial agreement is and the intentions behind a couple choosing to create one seem to be shifting significantly, especially among the millennial population. Yet, there continues to be a great deal of stigma and judgment around the topic as a whole. Andrea Vaca from Vaca Law and creativeresolutionsblog.com is here today to talk to us about why it is so important for us to begin having a more modern and thoughtful conversation around the topic of prenups. She says that a prenup can be a conscious way to enter into a marriage and a beautiful exercise in communication for the couple as they prepare to enter into a lifelong partnership together. I am excited to bring this conversation to all of you listening as I know it will expand your mind and give you something new to consider. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with Andrea Vaca. When you sell a piece of jewelry, you can't control how much it's worth, but you can make sure that you're selling smart with a team of experts and advocates behind you at Worthy. Your engagement ring can be a financial asset that allows you to embrace a new and fulfilling life after divorce. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Our guest today, Andrea Vaca, is the founder of Vaca Law and Mediation, a law firm in Manhattan that focuses exclusively on non-adversarial divorce and family law matters. Andrea regularly lectures, writes, and blogs on the topics of collaborative law, mediation, and topics related to non-adversarial family law. After practicing traditional litigation-focused family law for many years, Andrea's firm now works only with clients who want to keep their divorces out of court and want their prenuptial and postnuptial agreements negotiated in a non-adversarial manner. In addition to having a BA and JD, Andrea also has a certificate in positive psychology and regularly applies what she has learned to help her clients navigate their divorces, including having a growth mindset, being resilient, and encouraging mindfulness. Andrea is the author of the chapter on collaborative law in the book Onward and Upward, a guide for getting through New York divorce and family law issues. She serves as president of the New York Association of Collaborative Professionals, is associate director of a New York City chapter of the National Association of Divorce Professionals, and is a board member of the New York Women's Bar Association. And I'm happy to say that she is going to be contributing her writing and her expertise to Worthy very soon. Thank you so much, Andrea, for being here with us today. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm very happy to be here. So I said a mouthful. You have so much expertise in this area, and you really live your work. You really stand in your work. So tell us just a little bit more about yourself and why you do what you do. 
Well, well, the reason I do what I do and when I what I mean by that is why I don't no longer litigate my you know cases that are in divorce. Mm-hmm. I no longer want to go to court. I don't ask judges to make decisions for our clients. And the reason I do that is because I truly believe that if a couple can communicate with each other even during this very difficult time in their lives when their marriage is ending, that they are better able to create an agreement that's going to be best for them and their children. And I apply that same um, rationale to prenuptial agreements. And when I'm helping clients before they get married, I also want to encourage that conversation, that communication, that understanding, so that their agreement meets both of their needs as much as possible, and they can have the security they need as they move into their future together. Yeah, that's so powerful. And this whole conversation today, this episode was sparked by an article that you wrote on your blog about how millennials are making prenups the norm. And as I researched after reading your article, millennials might be kind of kickstarting it, but it seems to be spreading beyond them at this point. What are some of the reasons that you think that that might be happening? What I see, I've, you know, I've been practicing law about 25 years now, so I've been doing prenuptial agreements for a long time. And the difference that I'm seeing now with people in their 30s, say, you know, let's, let's talk about people in their 30s when we're mm-hmm. talking about millennials. Okay. They are coming to their marriages with much more pragmatism. They also, one or both, have experienced divorce as a child of a divorce. They don't want their parents' divorce. Even if they're parents' divorce wasn't ugly and bitter and a knockdown, drag-out fight, they know how painful it could be. So they want to be more prepared. They want to go into their relationships more aware of, of who they're marrying, what their priorities are, and, and have an understanding. So I, I think they are leading the way in, in not being afraid to have these conversations and to let their spouse or future, you know, their fiancé, know what they want. They've given this a lot of thought. Do you think it has a little bit to do as well from what I've heard as they are waiting longer to get married as well? Yes, definitely. Because people who are marrying in their 30s or so, they have been working maybe 10 years or, or more. They've been, they have uh, assets. They have retirement accounts. They've saved. And maybe they own homes. They have cars. They have they have less debt than they had maybe when I got out of college, but now they have different types of debt. Right. Um, they're closer to thinking about having children. You know, if, if they're going to have children, they, they're going to have to do it sooner than later. So they're they're more aware of real life. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. They're not going into this blind and you know thinking like they're finding their prince charming or you know a princess to marry them. They're more realistic. Right. It's like it's less romanticized or something. Yeah. So this pragmatism, this desire to be prepared, it's really a brilliant way for them to be more conscious and more thoughtful about entering into marriage, you know, this this lifelong commitment. And you talk about it in a very unique way because you talk about prenuptial agreements and the process of getting married as something called conscious coupling. Right. And I love this. I love this idea. We've heard about conscious uncoupling. And I love that you're seeing this at the beginning as conscious coupling. So 
you know, what is that conscious coupling and how do prenuptial agreements fit in to that idea? Well, conscious coupling, the way I think about it is, well, we, what we talked about before, well, you're not going into this blindly and, and you're finding your, you know, print knight in shining armor to save your life and take care of you forever. Conscious coupling is more, look, this is who I am. This is where I'm coming from. This is what's important to me. Tell me about you. I don't want to make assumptions. What are you thinking about for our, not just our wedding? People put so much thought into their wedding. Yeah. Not a lot into their marriage. So this is more talking about we're making this commitment to each other to get married and hopefully stay married forever. What does that mean to you? Uh, it's not just about the vows you say on your wedding day. It's how do you want to live your life? Let's talk about money. Everyone has a very different experience around money and they're not making assumptions about the way I view money is the way you do. Right. People have very different reactions to debt, to saving, to spending. So there's a, you need to be more conscious and um, aware of, of who you're marrying in that regard and talk about what your expectations are, you know, about what, if we do have children, do we both plan to work? How much do we want to put into savings? Uh, what if we have different views? How will we balance that out? It, may, it might mean going to therapy before you get married just to, you know, fine tune any differences. So that's what I mean by conscious coupling and why the prenuptial agreement can then capture all of these different ideas that you might have um, and put it into legal terms so that if the marriage should end, it's not as difficult to end it. And hopefully the marriage won't end and you're living your life and living your marriage with much more ease because you've talked about these things. Yeah. I mean, it seems that these are such big issues and they're not even issues. They're, they're just themes, right? They're, they're just life. They're pieces of life that we all live with and really need to understand about each other. And it just seems like when things are wonderful and you're feeling so loving toward one another that it really is the best time to talk about this stuff. Yes. And it's, it's sometimes people start talking about this before they're even engaged. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a couple of clients that say, look, I, we want the prenup, then we'll get engaged. I, I give those people so much credit. They are really stepping up and talking about some hard things, but also, as soon as you get engaged, if you haven't had this conversation yet, do it then. Because not when the marriage, the wedding is getting planned and your parents are putting this pressure on you and you don't know where everyone's going to be sitting and it's getting more expensive and the date is approaching and, uh, you know, life, mm -hmm. the wedding planning, it's so stressful. So you don't want to have this conversation in the middle of all that. There's a lot of tears. It's, it, it could be very difficult. So do it when you're happy, do it when you're, when things are calmer and you're excited about the future. Yeah. You know, I feel like this really lines up with what kind of seems to be a bit of a shift happening, even in the type of love that people are looking for. You know, it's, it's less about that, you know, falling and, you know, from way back being in a relationship to, to have two people, somebody working, somebody to caring for children, like everything's shifting. And it seems like people are entering in more conscious ways, you know, consciously choosing into love more than falling. Yes, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. And of course, this applies to all types of couples, you mm -hmm. know, whether they're heterosexual, homosexual, and 
you know, sometimes they already have thought about who would, you know, not work if we have children or how we'll juggle work and family. Sometimes they, they're pretty sure that it will be the low, lower earning spouse who happens to be, uh, you know, the husband or one of the husbands. Right. But in a, in a heterosexual family, it could just, it, they say, well, we're pretty sure he's going to be staying home. And I, wife in this family will be working more because I have, I can make more. And that's a real shift. It, I, I like that. I haven't, I haven't seen that in previous generations yeah. that I've worked with that they're open to who might stay home and, and what, how this might work. So they're, they're looking at all kinds of options together. Yeah. And so, you know, what I love about the way you speak about this is that it really, I think some of the stigma around prenuptial agreements before has been, you know, you're setting yourself up to fail or how can you think about it ending? That's not real love. You know, there was all these kind of stereotypes around it and love isn't supposed to be pragmatic. And, but the way you talk about it is this really expansive way of loving each other. It it feels so engaging and open and, and thoughtful and caring. It is. It's caring for each other and yourself, right? It's not putting somebody else first. It's not ignoring your gut and your needs. I don't think there should be any stigma around this at all. I think you should be proud if you, if you engage in this kind of conversation with your fiance and, and have this difficult conversation at a time when you don't want to. No one wants to do this. Right. You know? It's not fun to think about, but it pays off. I, I don't think there should be any stigma around prenuptial agreements. It's, it's, it is romantic because you're trying to have a better marriage. You're trying to, you know, communicate more effectively and yeah. learn from the, from how you're communicating now. So what fewer problems come up later. And what's really rom- like lovely about it is, is if your marriage does end, you, you've worked out so many things early on, there's less to fight about. Right. There's, you can hopefully move on not hating each other. Your children won't be as damaged. You won't be fighting. You might still have a relationship with your in-laws and your extended family. Who knows what's yeah. possible? Yeah. But you're not destroying everything in its past because you didn't want to deal with it earlier. Right. Right. It's like you're more likely to consciously uncouple if that is to happen. That's right. And I, I think that is more um, romantic, actually. Yeah, absolutely. So as a collaborative lawyer, how do you go through the prenuptial agreement process differently than just, let's say, a regular attorney? Yeah, so a regular attorney, a traditional attorney, mm-hmm. um, you know, traditionally, I'll, I'll talk about that first. So traditionally, prenups are presented in this way, the higher earning or the, the, the spouse with the higher net worth would go to his or her lawyer and say, I want a prenup. I want to protect myself. So this is about me protecting myself. So lawyer put together an agreement that will protect me and then we'll present it to my fiance. Well, mm. that's like the shock and awe, you know, approach to prenups. It's not helpful at all. <laughs> you know, it's just devastating. Let's talk in a traditional way. Right. Man making, you know, who has more money and then presenting to his fiance who's a woman. She is devastated. Like, what is this? We've never talked about this. What, what does this mean? It's, you've handed me 40 pages of this right. contract. I don't even know what this is. It's very, very difficult. That's the traditional way. And that still happens. And I don't encourage it at all, at all. 
what I encourage is a more collaborative approach. And that means my client would come in and talk to me. And yes, maybe they're coming to me because yes, they want to protect their assets. So I want to engage in a conversation with them about, well, what do you think is important to your fiance? How do you think he or she will feel about this? Well, how do you imagine your marriage and your life? And what happens when you start buying things together? What are you thinking? And then I would have them think through these questions. And then hopefully, if they're comfortable with it, talk to their fiance about it. So kind of coach them on how to have this conversation now that I've helped them think this through. And often they will do that. They'll have that conversation. And then the next step in a more collaborative approach would be for the fiance to find an attorney who's also hopefully collaboratively trained, understands mediation and understands what we call interest based negotiations rather than positional based negotiations. So we want to expand what's possible. We'll look at all the options to make sure he's okay, she's okay, or they're okay, whatever they are. And that both of them are feeling secure enough to agree to, to terms that we can put on paper and that they can sign. So that happens through more conversations, usually with the attorneys in the room to help guide them. That's the most productive way I know of to come to an agreement for a prenuptial agreement. And so just to clarify, there still does need to be two attorneys because one attorney can't represent the both, correct? That's correct. In a a more collaborative approach, maybe you need some help advocating for yourself and really explaining what's important to you. So you would have your two non-adversarial attorneys there to help you. Another approach that I think is great, and I do this a lot, is mediate. So if a couple, if both members of the couple feel very comfortable talking about their needs and their concerns, but need a third party to help them have the conversation, they can go to mediation. Mm. And I help a lot of couples come to an agreement that way where the three of us sit down. And it's also very, it's a collaborative approach, but without collaborative attorneys in the room. And then they would have that agreement reviewed. Hopefully they're consulting with attorneys outside my mediation room. Because you do want some legal advice. You want to understand the law. You want to, you know, you need your own advice, but you can add, you can negotiate on your own. Right. So mediation is a great process. Yeah, absolutely. I love that there's, you know, different ways of going about it. And at the end of the day, the more educated you are, the more conscious a choice you're making. That's right. Exactly. So we're going to take a quick little break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the prenup itself and, you know, what the couple can choose to sort of put in that prenuptial agreement, because I think it's more than what people think. So we're going to take a quick little break and then we're going to be right back with more from Andrea Vaca. When I decided to sell my jewelry after my divorce, the most important thing to me was finding a company that I could trust and one that would also advocate for me. I found this and so much more at Worthy. Their expert staff immediately put me at ease and helped me to get the best price possible for my jewelry. Your engagement ring can be a symbol of your freedom, your journey, and the choices you have made to live your life on your terms and create the future you desire. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. We're back with Andrea Vaca discussing a new understanding of prenuptial agreements 
and an idea created by Andrea called Conscious Coupling. And what I'd love to talk about now is the actual, you know, the prenuptial agreement itself and that it can include more than what I think most people tend to think. So what can go in there? So what can go into the agreement are all the traditional terms having to do with finances and how we'll define marital property and separate property. I'm in New York, so Mm -hmm. we use we divide assets in a divorce and debt in a divorce based on equitable distribution. So we have to define marital and separate property. So your prenup can be very, can define those terms very broadly or very narrowly. Um, so that we will definitely do that. So everyone will know every, if every dollar you're earning during the marriage is going to the marital pot or the separate pot. Right. <laughs> How you get credits back if you put money you had from prior to the marriage into your a new home. What kind of return on your investment do you get? Uh, for example, is it dollar for dollar or is it, a, a, is it based on, or, you know, an increase in value of, of the investment that you made? Right. We would talk about spousal support. It, will it be waived? Will it be paid? How will we determine if it will be paid and how may we determine what will be paid? Mm-hmm. You can, you can address any or all of those things if you fail to address or don't want to address any of those things, you can specifically say we're waiving them or you can t- we're, we'll talk about it at that time. Right. If the marriage ends, we'll discuss support at that time. We'll talk about debt and liabilities. Um, if you're coming into the marriage with student loans or credit card debt, how will that get paid during the marriage? What pot is that coming out of? Right. Um, what if there's debt incurred during the marriage and, and it wasn't for marital purposes? It wasn't for the family. It was something somebody chose to do unilaterally. How will that be paid? The one thing you, you can't talk about in a New York prenuptial agreement is children mm. if they haven't been born yet. So you can't, cannot agree on if we have children, we'll share custody or if we have children, this is how we'll pay support, you know, we'll support them. You can put things, you can say, we intend that our children will go to private school and that will come from this source of money, but mm. it's not enforceable, you know? Right. So I usually just encourage my clients not to even address children. Right. However, if you had children from a prior marriage or your fiance does, you might want to address that. How is money for child support being paid? Right. <laughs> you know, where's that money coming from that you owe your former spouse and your children from that prior marriage? So that's something... We should talk about because I've seen divorces where it wasn't talked about and there's a lot of resentment with how much money went out the door to that previous family, you know, because there was an obligation. You had a a judgment of divorce telling you what to pay. So if that's the situation, we should address it or know that we're not addressing it one way or another. Bring it up. Right. So those are some of the things that you would, you know, that we'll address. We'll talk about life insurance. Will it be? covered during the marriage? Um, how will, what are your state rights in the event of death? Or do I have normal, uh, you know, the regular rights of any spouse if, if one of us should die during the marriage? Or are we waiving those rights and only relying on what might be in a will? So that's an, another issue we'll, we'll definitely talk about in a prenuptial agreement. You know, it's interesting as I'm listening to you speak about all these topics, What's coming to me is that not only does this prepare if, let's say, God forbid, they end up deciding not to stay together and consciously uncouple, 
But I would imagine that it also removes some of that, you know, conflict that occurs throughout marriage. Yeah. While people are married, it seems like there's so much argument about money and where, you know, past child support or spousal support, all these things that couples tend to fight about during the marriage, you know, everything that you're speaking about really kind of lays the groundwork for, for removing that, you know, that challenge in the marriage. It does. If I, if a client comes in and I hear uh, some of these trigger issues um, that they're not understanding could be such triggers later. Now right. seems fine. We definitely want to, you know, I want to encourage them to think this through. What will it feel like? What will it, you know, during the marriage or after? You know, sometimes we, a couple knows that they might be relocating. Mm. Well, let's think about that. Will you be able to work in the new location if it wasn't your choice or your job that's moving you? Um, what will that be like if you choose to uproot your life instead of just being, you know, the kind of a tag along spouse? Do you want to talk about having some money paid to you so that you can continue having savings and retirement savings built up, even though you're not working for a while? Like, how will we address this so that there's not this feeling of um, lack of equity right. in, in the relationship? Yeah, yeah. So we'll think ahead. I, I like to help my clients kind of think ahead, not about every possible situation, of course, but what we know and work and pretty much guess might happen. Yeah, really going in with a very clear, clear vision, which is really powerful. So for any of our listeners that are considering a prenuptial agreement, and hopefully their minds are expanding and, and kind of opening up to this idea, what do they need to begin doing? Well, the first step would be to let your fiance know that you want a prenuptial agreement. Test the water. See what, you know, have the conversation in a place, you know, face-to-face conversation. I wouldn't suggest, you know, doing this when you're fighting or, right. or when you're, you're drunk. I don't know. Just like in a calm way. Like, let's talk about this. Um, well, have you ever thought about it? Like, see what, what they're thinking. And when you're sure that you want one, or if you're thinking you might, contact an attorney as soon as possible. As soon as possible, that's close to the engagement date. Maybe it's before, like some of those couples I mentioned, Mm -hmm. but hopefully soon after the engagement. And I would suggest at least six months before the wedding date, if possible. Right. If you have that much time, that's, you want to use it effectively. Talk to an attorney and, and then be involved in the negotiations. Don't be that man or woman that says, Hey, lawyer, this draft is prenup. And then you go talk to that other lawyer and you two work it out. That still happens. I still have spouses of my clients who do that. I don't recommend it that the attorneys work it out. Right, right. <laughs> this is in our marriage, at your marriage. Yeah, yeah. And then make the agreement as simple as possible. Now you might be going, Wait, didn't she just go into all these details about what can be in a prenup? But it's going to be tailored to your life. So not everything I mentioned might be in one prenup. Some might go on one track, some on another. But overall, you want to make it as simple as possible and not get too in the weeds on any of the issues. Um, Remember, this is your life. It's your relationship. It's not your parents' marriage. It's not your friends. It's not your coworkers. 
like that Greek chorus that will be there to help you, maybe saying, why do you want a prenup? It's not romantic. Or make sure you don't give her anything. Right. You know, that's the other one. You don't want to listen to those people. Just listen to yourself as much as you can. And then prepare a list of assets and liabilities. You want to be really clear on what you owe and what you own and what might be coming. Um, talk to your parents. Might you be inheriting something soon? Are they going to be giving you gifts during their lifetime? Do they already know you're in your grandmother's will and you're going to be getting some inheritance? I mean, try to find out about the future as much as you can mm. so that you can, this agreement can help you with that planning. There's a lot of other things you should do with all the issues that we talked about previously that can go into your prenup. You want to start giving them some thought with the help of your lawyer, perhaps just with conversation with your fiance. The other thing is think about how long you want the prenup or certain parts of the prenup to be in effect. So sometimes people will have what we call sunset or sunrise clauses. A sunset clause might be, you know, if we're married for five years um, or 10 years after that, this prenup goes away. Like we're not share, we're going to share all our property mm. sunset. Sometimes it's a sunrise clause. Like you're not going to be entitled to any of my assets until we've been married at least a certain amount of time. Then everything's 50, 50. So, um, it, it can go one way or the other. Right. So think about if, if that, if, you know, sometimes people need more security, yeah. Um, and think, look, I really want to make sure she's marrying me for the right reason or that we're making the right decision. Right. Sometimes the issue of children will play a role in that time frame. Right. So those are the things I would suggest thinking about. And then your attorney would have a, a longer checklist of really all the issues that a prenup can cover. I can't, you know, there's so many different things. We touched on them here, but there's more details right. in all those categories. And so just to highlight, though, do you suggest that people sort of keep their ears open and, and search for a collaborative attorney? Is that an attorney who's going to be more open to really coaching them through the process and being less adversarial about it in more of a sort of conscious way of going about it? Absolutely. Okay. If, you know, if you can find a collaborative attorney, they just know how to help their clients think in a broader way about what's important to both parties, yeah, not just a one-sided agreement. So they'll, it'll be so much easier. If that's the kind of marriage you want and that's the kind of agreement you want, that's the kind of attorney I would, I would encourage you to find. I, I imagine too, I mean, just less conflict and probably less money spent, <laughs> right? Because the less you fight, the, the quicker it, it all goes through. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And, you know, those one-sided agreements, they, they take so long because yeah. there's been no, there's no conversation. There's no priming. There's no, you know, it's just this person's hit with this thing and, and their parents are about to write a hundred thousand dollar check, you know, to the, for the wedding. And there's so much pressure and duress that that could take so long to sort out. Yeah. It's not productive at all. No. Um, it's kind of the coward's way to get a prenup in my mm, opinion. Yeah. And no one's happy in the end. So this is a, this is definitely a way to save some time and money and energy and love and all those things you need. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. So we have to wrap up. I've loved this conversation. Final question though, and you kind of touched on this, but how might signing a prenup prior to marriage set the couple up to succeed in their marriage? Well, if they've had this type of 
agreement, uh, you know, a prenuptial agreement that where they're encouraged to talk to each other and really listen to each other, they're going to be having learned a lot about each other and their ideas around money and spending and borrowing debt, and all kinds of things around money mm-hmm. and finances. So that's, and then also understand emotions about how the other person deals with money. So not just the how, but the why. Right. right? So that's going to help them in their marriage because those are, that's a huge cause of divorce. You know, right. Money issues. Right. Um, they've created an agreement, hopefully that gives them both security. So when times get tough, they might not be thinking, oh my God, I've got to end this marriage now because I'm, I'm going to get that raise soon and then he'll be entitled to even more of my money if I don't end it now. But if you have this prenup, you can get through that tough time because you know what you've already agreed to. You know right. what you're going to do. There's just less fear yeah. in a marriage if you, if you have a prenup that's been negotiated in a more conscious and collaborative way. Just having the understanding between you it just opens up more ability to communicate about other issues that might come up in your marriage. And when you start having children or in-laws start bothering you or whatever right. it might be, you're just able to communicate in a different way. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a really powerful and beautiful exercise in communicating about uncomfortable things. And yeah. marriage is filled of communicating about uncomfortable things. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> This has been so awesome. Okay, so how can our listeners connect with you? Uh, well, they can connect with me and find me through my website. It's vacalaw.com, V-A-C-C-A-L-A-W.com. Uh, they can call me in, at my office in New York, 212-768-1115. And uh, they can find me on Facebook, on LinkedIn, but probably the best is to reach me through my website. Thank you to Andrea Vaca for joining us and to all of you for listening. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you be able to find us. I invite you to head over to our Facebook group, Worthy Women and Divorce, to join our growing community of women where you will find support, information, and wisdom.